Hello and welcome to the Lock In podcast. This is episode 33 and we're back after an extended Christmas break. My name's Conor Moynihan. I work for Black Knight. We're the Irish web hosting company based in Carlow. But I'm not in our Carlow office and neither is the vast majority of our staff. Even though we're an essential service, almost a third of all Irish websites are on our servers. Uh, we have been working remotely for most of the past year and uh, no no interruption in service. We count ourselves very lucky to be able to do that. We started this podcast last year to talk about how life has changed by the pandemic and we've covered everything from small business to music, education and the arts. Today we're going to talk about remote working and I'm very pleased to present an interview with somebody that I first interviewed on our sister podcast, the Black Knight podcast, uh, about uh, two years ago, way back when remote working was a new and revolutionary idea as opposed to what it is now and it has uh, become an essential part of how we live now I think. On that subject, later in the show, I'll tell you about some free remote working resources that my colleague Jonathan Thomas has compiled into a useful PDF guide. This episode was recorded before Christmas, and it's a little different uh, to the other episodes in this series in that I wasn't working here in my home office uh, with lights and a virtual backdrop and, and that kind of thing. Instead, I'm in a scenario which may be more familiar to a lot of people who find themselves working remotely. We were getting some long overdue renovation work done on our home and as a result I was banished from the office and I found myself podcasting at the kitchen table. My guest on today's uh, show uh, is someone that we featured on the Black Knight podcast uh, last year. Uh, Sean Brady you're welcome to the show. Thank you. Sean uh, works for a company called Cloud Assist and uh, I was going to say where you're based Sean but actually you guys aren't based anywhere because you've cottoned on to this remote working uh, before an awful lot of people. When I met you first and met you at Congregation, the uh, little event for big ideas that's held every year in Con County Mayo and uh, what we talked about there I remember in particular was the whole idea, the revolutionary idea of uh, remote working. Um, and you were very much an evangelist for it and people can go and review the podcast we'll put the link to it in the notes as well uh, of this show Uh, but you had a lot of very uh, I suppose um, a lot of things to say about why remote working uh, was beneficial Uh, but even then and I think people would say that now the why is kind of proven uh, it has obviously had practical benefits for people uh, with the pandemic restrictions working from home and working remotely. Uh, there's an awful lot about, um, uh, how would you say, the whole issue of um, rural development and the importance that, uh, that it can have for that as well and the fact that people uh, can work where they live. But um, a lot of the objections, I think, to remote working um, have kind of been swept away by the fact that it has worked out quite well in many cases. But it's not, it's not a golden key, uh, Sean, I think you would say. And even back then, when I met you, the podcast was published a year ago, and I think we, we actually recorded it a year before that. Even then, I recall you weren't so much focused on the why and the benefits of remote working, but you were very much focused on the practicalities and how to make remote working work. Yeah, I think it's it's a journey for everybody. So there's no switch, as you say, there's no golden key or silver bullet. Uh, so there is, it's a journey of of um, of change. Um, but the most important thing that we've seen is the uh, importance of culture. Mm-hmm. Um, people think because because we're tech uh, 
tech heavy, and we are, right? We are a Microsoft uh, cloud partner. Uh, our job actually um, is to assist people with um, Microsoft Teams, which is all obviously um, aimed at remote working now. Uh, but yeah, we've been remote working ourselves since September 2017, so three over three years. Uh, people thought we were mad when we actually implemented a no-visit rule. Uh, we did that after coming back uh, from a big Microsoft event where they had launched Teams, and it was like a, a road to Damascus moment for, for us. And we said, well, if we're going to do this, why would we travel to someone's office to show them how they can use Microsoft Teams to avoid travel? That was mm -hmm. one of the benefits of, of Teams, of course. And then even then, people thought we were crazy. Microsoft even was questioning our, our, our ideas. You, know, you never visit clients ever. And we said, that's right. It's, um, it's one of these, I suppose, important things you have to do. You have to lean into it. Mm -hmm. You can't go half and half. You can't ride two horses at the same time. You definitely want to lean into it and become what, what are now, what we're classified as a remote first. So everything's remote. So we, we divorced ourselves from our offices. We've uh, now, obviously, we don't care about where our customers are. All we yeah. care about is time zone. So I, I put it to you that, that, again, the cultural change of doing that is quite obviously difficult for bigger companies. I recognize that. We're, we're a small company of 12 employees. We're based in now four countries, over three continents, right? And again, no offices. And we only, the reason why we moved, obviously extended our, our, our people was for time zone. That was the only reason, you know? So we have uh, people in, in Austin, Texas, in the middle, again, center of the, of the United States for, for, so they can cover East and West Coast. And then obviously Australia uh, mm -hmm. to cover APAC um, regions as well. So we don't have to be up at stupid o'clock in the morning um, yeah. delivering, delivering our, our work. So it's, um, it's fascinating. I, I just think it's, it's akin to the, co the, the cottage industry uh, evolution into the industrial revolution. For me, this is how profound this is. So, now, um, yeah. It's, it's interesting, Sean, because 2017 seems like another world, uh, a carefree <laughs> world, uh, a world without pandemic, a world without social distancing, a world uh, where remote working really was something exotic, okay? So yes. uh, you guys were operating in the region of the exotic, I would say, back then. Even, and I, may, I recall making this point to you, uh, that we were at congregation with people who were forward thinking and, and uh, who were tech savvy and all of that. And I recall saying to you, uh, putting it to you uh, that time um, in, in, at, in Con County Mayo, saying to you, well, you know, uh, you're preaching to the converted in many ways. Many people here are already remote working. Owen Kennedy, the founder of uh, Congregation, uh, works remotely yep. in that. But uh, I said to you, how is this going to play out with business in general and with, uh, with government and with policymakers and things like that? And uh, you, you had some very good uh, points to make about that. But none of us, I think, could have imagined that we would be where we are now so quickly. That's what I want to ask you about, Sean. Yeah. What have you what has changed for you as someone who is uh, selling remote working technology evangelizing for remote working and making the case and helping companies to address the practical issues um i imagine there's, there's been a step change since uh, since february and march of this year yeah well it goes back to 
again, pushing the technology. Most of the time, we, we want to understand the business, mm. um, what they're doing. What is the what is teamwork? Remember, we, we, we tend to not use the term remote working because it has, unfortunately, uh, some negative connotations. I think people associate that with obviously all the COVID madness. Um, so we, we talk about remote teaming, which is now okay. a new, newer term where it's all about teamwork and mm. getting people to connect and work together and collaborate. And that's the difference. Well, we actually don't want people just to be on meetings and meetings and meetings from morning till night. We want them to be actually productive, but also recognize the value of changing not just the office, mm -hmm. but also the way we work. Like nine to five does not exist for us. Yeah. Right? It's a very important uh, distinction as well. Obviously, we, we do tend to uh, maintain certain patterns, but we don't obviously like any other uh, remote first company, we're not obviously there trying to, to micromanage our people. In fact, yeah. um, we, the whole idea is that trust, you must trust your people to do your work. And I'll, I'll just want to refer to a few books that I'd like to, to help um, obviously get um, some learnings across. There's a great book, and there you go, it's called Remote, and it's from uh, David uh, Jason Fried. Um, so it's, a, a, again, a, a great book to talk about what is, what is remote? Right, and what it means to be a remote worker uh, and be part of a remote team or distributed team is this new term as well. So it is um, again important to recognize that not everyone has the answer. I, I wouldn't say I'm I'm an expert, and if you ever hear someone say I'm a remote working expert, I yeah. question that because we're all in this new learning space. And yeah. remember, we've been at this for three years, and we're still learning. We're still learning how to um, improve the way we we, we connect with our customers like we do interesting things like sending our customers Starbucks credits uh, so we can have a virtual coffee we were doing that before covid and we're doing it now because obviously we you know we physically haven't met a client for three years imagine that and they've never visited obviously visited us that it actually takes a lot of psychology yeah right so we actually i love talking to psychologists and seeing you know what's human behavior and then once we've established what the users are doing, what the dysfunction, remember, we're all, we're all about behavior, and then we apply the technology. So when we're not a technology first company, we'll then look at how the technology can enable change. And that's a very important distinction. I think if you see people trying to sell you features, um, that's not, that's not um, the right way. You need to look at your company and how you're going to transform your company first and then apply the technology to that change. That's uh, again, the future of work as well is coming um, uh, into play as well, because people obviously before COVID heard about future of work, maybe didn't fully appreciate it. That's here now. The future mm. of work has landed right on, on our desks in, you know, in a very short space of time. And the opportunity for increased productivity is there for the, for the taking, right? It's, um, it's one of the fascinating things about remote working. It can accelerate how we, we, we do things, also strip out the, the waste, but also look at how we can use AI to improve our productivity. That's what future work is all about. It's called the 80-20 flip. Mm. So before, before um, obviously, we, you move to remote working, most of your work is routine and repetitive, and I wouldn't say wasteful, but it's not uh, highly productive. But mm. with, with remote working and using AI, you can actually 
change a lot of that routine work and automated or semi-automated, and then therefore your teams are more productive. So that's that's my belief in uh, when when you're looking at this. Don't always think about the technology. Look at your business. Look at what your business is doing. Who's doing what, and then map your technology to that. Um, you say you're still learning, uh, Sean, and uh, I think part of that must be that you uh, keep encountering new situations uh, where your uh, assistance is, ca is called for. And uh, you've been featured recently in an RTE television program, uh, which oh, yeah. was an episode which was broadcast last uh, uh, Friday evening. Um, yep. And you uh, were able to come to the assistance of a university student uh, who was looking for a work placement. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh yeah, well, it was uh, really inspiring just to be involved and just uh, able to help was uh, great. But remote working shows an, a different side to it now. It's not just about you know COVID. Now we're actually enabling people to to who may have not, never been able to get uh, um, the job that he he or she wants. We can now use remote working to help people with disabilities to access the workplace. Right, the virtual workplace, the digital workplace. Uh, so what happened was, it goes back to when, again, before COVID, we were exhibiting at the University of Limerick campus at the career fair for Grow Remote, which again, um, is an incredibly important uh, initiative that's helping companies and people who want to look at remote working and be part of a movement. Mm. So if you want to learn about remote working, go to growremote.ie. So, I was on on the campus and we had a stand. We had our um, uh, we were trying to tell students uh, at that maybe before COVID that you don't have to go to Dublin, Cork, Galway, whatever any city, Limerick, to get a job now. You can work anywhere, and get jo fantastic jobs uh, with these remote uh, first companies. And um, this lady came down to rushing down to me and said, "We, we cannot get a placement." Uh, for this student, could you help? And I said, well, if we can, we certainly would try to direct him to, to something. But what was ha what happened was uh, this young man, Sean Fogarty, um, had an accident in his first year of college where he severed his C1 vertebrae on his spine and now is a paraplegic. After two or three years, two years anyway of rehabilitation, he's now returned to college and is top of his class in, in uh, computer science. But he couldn't get a placement in the co-op, which is what happens in, in the latter half of the third year. And um, because he's obviously in a wheelchair, he needs two helpers. He has oxygen. He has a uh, 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 vent here for breathing. He cannot breathe by himself. So no company would take him, And despite being top of his class. So if you can't get a placement, you're not going to get a job. That's, I would say, pretty much a given. So we said we'd take him on. Uh, he, Sean has turned out to be incredible. Uh, he, he embraced remote working better than anyone else I've ever seen. Because obviously, he, for the first time, he realized now remote working has opened up his world of opportunities. So we also uh, gave him a challenge um, where we use, we, okay, we do like our tech, right? We like our bling. And I'll, I'm going to share my screen so you can see what, what I'm talking about so everyone else can see it uh, as well. This is a, what's called a virtual presence uh, unit. You might have seen him on TV, on, on actually comedy programs like Big Bang Theory. Uh, this actually, this model was featured. This is an iPad on a Segway. So mm. that can be driven around from anywhere in the world. 
And that's me actually up in Microsoft uh, attending a partner event. You see everyone's smiling. It's an amazing, uh, no one would ignore you when you're on this thing. And uh, it's incredibly productive because I can, rather than traveling up to Dublin, where I'm based in Limerick, um, that two hours up and two hours down is gone out of my, out, I, so I, I can be there. I'm more productive. I'm actually more connected. Um, I can even present from that screen. And, you know, and let's be honest, everyone remembers me. Uh, it's a bit of bling. And they even put a little name tag on me. Do you see that there? You can see it on the yeah. screen. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, Sean, <laughs> sorry, Sean Fogarty then, uh, sorry, I'm going to go back. Sean Fogarty um, only can move his eyes. So he's a right. paraplegic. Uh, he has eye tracking software, which looks at his eyes and obviously allows him to move the keys uh, on keyboard and obviously mouse. And we said to him, here, try and see if you can drive that. Hmm. Uh, and we rang the manufacturer. In fact, we said, could a paraplegic with eye tracking software um, uh, drive that uh, device? And they said, no. Well, Sean spent a bit, a bit of work at it. Three, uh, he has three different uh, eye tracking software and he used obviously different experiments and he's now been able to use that. So he can now move for the first time since his accident, hmm. virtually. Remember, he cannot move his own wheelchair. Yes. Um, so this is incredibly liberating for him. So he now has to work from anywhere and also be in an, if, if the company wants him to be in an office, he could be in an office. So I just think it's great. I just think it's a wonderful, wonderful thing that remote working has now transformed that young man's life. I was saying to you uh, earlier before we started, uh, Sean, that I... Um was uh, I was going to ask you, uh, where do we go from here? And I thought you might be the best person to ask because uh, I, in relation to predicting the future, it's not a fair question to ask anyone, but uh, I think you already live there to an extent. <laughs> well, I'm a few days ahead of everyone, that's more, all. More than uh, most <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, okay, well, we're, here we are, we're at the end of 2020. A vaccine has just been uh, licensed in the UK and will be rolled out. Uh, in Ireland and other parts of the world, uh, hopefully before too long. Uh, we've had a scare, we've had a fright. Uh, are we going to uh, eradicate COVID or at least contain it? These are, these are all big questions, but I think that, the, the, I think that uh, most people would agree that we've learned a lot uh, and it's been a transformative experience over the last year. What do you think, Sean? Again, I know it's not a fair question. Where do we go from here? Well, I suppose I'm a dreamer anyway. Um, my CEO always tries to uh, re rein me in. So I, I like dreaming the future. I do actually, I think it's a great thing to do anyway. And listen to other people, listen, get engaged in the conversation. The, the, the conversation is there, be part of it. And you know, the future is whatever we, we make it now because um, most companies now have realized why, why do we have an office? And maybe asking questions of themselves. And, and guess what? Um, we, we were actually on this journey even before we moved to the no visit rule. In 2016, we were chosen by, uh, as a finalist for the uh, Climate Launchpad competition. Mm -hmm. It's an EU-wide uh, program. Very few people hear about it, but I, I, I want people to actually um, actually even look at it and see maybe they can contribute to it. So it's, it's the EU Climate Launchpad. It's an ideas program for climate change. It's basically like Eurovision for nerds. So every country in Europe puts forward an idea like a song, and then one is chosen, and that goes off into you know to this higher competition. And um, our idea was, 
what, this is back in 2016, when I said, why is everyone traveling for business when we have all this connectivity and collaboration platforms? Uh, we have better now, we have better connectivity, better collaboration platforms. And we worked out uh, because we were told that the Climate Launchpad um, had a boot camp. And uh, I never realized the word boot and boot camp because they basically stamp all over your ideas and make you rethink what you're, what you're trying to present. They said, you must present it in business terms because they put up a picture of a, uh, a sweating polar bear on a melting ice cap. This is a caricature, obviously, a cartoon. And they asked us, oh, what did we see? And we were saying greenhouse gases, melting ice caps. They said, no, polar bears don't have money. You need to put your idea in terms of business. So we worked it out that for every ton of CO2 saved from not traveling, you gain three days of productivity. So for every ton of CO2, when you hear this ton of CO2 anymore in the future, any business says, okay, I can convert this travel back into productivity. So that's, mm -hmm. that's a great way of looking at the future, uh, that our environment has benefited from COVID. Here's the thing though, Sean, is that, is that uh, I recall you telling me this uh, two years ago in particular, right? Yes. And it yeah. absolutely makes sense. And it sounds good in theory, but what I'm saying to you is that businesses have been forced to embrace forced, exactly. uh, to, to embrace yeah. remote working. Have they been forced to uh, embrace uh, no travel? And they have proved, I think. No, I'm I'm going out on a limb here, but they have proved that um, whether or not you can measure the, those three days of pro productivity, at the very least, they have proved that they hadn't lost productivity. I I was saw I saw some survey there recently. Forty percent of the European workforces. Uh, working from home, uh, productivity is up, and in fact, they're working longer hours than they did when they were in the office. Yeah, and again, I, I, I worry when I see that statistic of working longer hours. That's not what the whole idea of remote working um, should be. You shouldn't be working longer hours. I don't want that to be seen as a, you know, as a, a kind of a. Um, hmm. Well, maybe they're doing it joyfully, uh, Sean. Maybe they're doing it happily. Maybe they're doing it and saying, I don't have to sit in the car for an hour and a half on the way home. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, so for them, it's not the same. It's the same time, but mm -hmm. the time is more productive. That's yeah. right. It's the time at your desk. And, um, but what, what I find is um, with, with any change, there's resistance. Yeah. Right? Um, and that's, that's the problem. So we have to look at this in step changes, small incremental changes. And it won't happen overnight, mm. and you will make mistakes. We made a bunch of mistakes. Um, yeah, you have to obviously work at it uh, objectively and say, well, okay, that didn't work. And we mm. do that all the time. We use kind of a lean principles uh, when we look at what we do. So we look at what's what works, what's the supporting um, overhead, and what's the waste, and what you know, and also obviously talk to our customers and ask them, did that work for you? What didn't work for you? And we found that we were doing our meetings that we were our consultations, our, our engagements, we're, we set them for two hours and it's just too long. Yeah. Uh, in fact, now the studies showing that, you know, that two hour meeting can be very, it's more, it's more um, stressful than a two hour in-person meeting. Mm. So, so we pull that back to 90 minutes. In fact, we try to get most of our, our, our engagements are, are 60 minutes. So you have to learn from talking to, to your mm. workforce, but also talking to your customers and seeing what works for them. And then looking at the, at the technology, my biggest advice is, is two words, have patience, mm. patience. Uh, like for example, this call, 
I, I would always be on. I said this actually um, two years ago, and I'll say it again. When you're meant to be on a, an online meeting, get on two, three, five, ten minutes before, and do not wait for the minute before it, you go on. In fact, we prefer to be on 15 minutes beforehand. Yeah, and you can be working away. Correct. Absolutely. That's the beauty of it. You can work away, and then when someone joins, now here's the interesting thing. And again, I think I I, I, I said it before. There, most most people feel that um, online meetings um, distracts from the social connection, right? Mm. So you have to work at that, right? And people get straight into the agenda, and there, there is a, there is actually very little space for that, um, you know, human connection. So we actually try to make space for that in our, our, our time with our customer. Now, if you're on 50 minutes beforehand, if anyone jumps on beforehand, that's the moment when you can actually discuss how their kids are doing, you know, what, how's, how's the weather where they are, uh, what's happening, you know, in their lives, and then connect with them. It's, it's common, and I, and I think that uh, companies who find themselves suddenly working in this distributed fashion like this are realizing that, uh, yes, you've got to have the small talk, you've got to have the banter. We've made a feature of it in, in our regular meetings um, here at Black Knight as well. I say here at Black Knight, I'm working, uh, normally when I'm doing this show, I have a, a virtual background, green screen behind me, and I show the green fields okay. of Carlo. Uh, but uh, I should explain to viewers and listeners that uh, for a change, uh, due to renovations going on uh, under my roof, I've been forced into, a, I think, a more... Uh, common uh, remote working uh, situation, which is I'm here at the kitchen table with the fishies for company there behind me. Uh, I'm, I'm working with the fishies. Anyway, Sean, it's been wonderful talking to you, and I, I'm 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 always interested in the fact that uh, I guess uh, we're a lot of us we're a lot of us are living this now. Uh, but you're not only living it, but you've made it your business to think about it and to think about how you can help others do it better as well. Yeah. Uh, thanks very much for joining us on the show today. Um, that RTE program. Uh, What's the name of it? It's My Uni Life. Um, mm. And again, it's just incredibly inspiring to see these students overcoming challenges, but particularly Sean Fogarty, who was doing something that no other student has ever tr done. Um, he's actually gone back to college after such an, a horrendous accident, but also really embracing, you know, uh, his, his, his disability, but also overcoming it. Uh, yeah. that, that man... Uh, Oh, every time he comes on a, a call, he's always got a smile on and he's always uh, on time. And I can tell you, they're the two things. If you could do that for every online meeting, then, we, you know, we should all you know, take inspiration from from Sean. That was Sean Brady from Cloud Assist. They're an Irish company who abandoned the office more than three years ago. They now have staff all over the world and they can be found online at cloudassist.co. As promised, we're going to share some remote working uh, tips and advice with you from us here at Black Knight. My colleague Jonathan Thomas uh, is an expert at remote working. He's been doing it for years since before he joined the company. And uh, when we went remote back in March of last year, Jonathan started blogging on the subject. He had a lot of advice to share. Uh, he's covered things such as tools and technologies and software. And uh, on the other hand, tips and techniques and uh, strategies for getting the most out of working from home. He's now compiled all of these into one uh, free PDF guide, which you can download from blacknight.blog. In fact, here's the uh, friendly short URL you can use for that, bk.ie forward slash WFH. That's WFH for work from home. 
Thelockin.ie is where you can find all the episodes of this show. We're on all the major platforms, on audio and on video as well. And uh, we'll have another episode for you in two weeks' time. Good day, Good day, Shif Sloan.